Welcome to Hannah's Heart. So Hannah, she's just one of the women who did struggle with infertility in the Bible. No matter who we are, we can be inspired by the fact that Hannah took her pain to God and God heard her and was with her. So when she was praying at the temple, she had been weeping and not eating and her lips were moving, but her eyes were closed and the priest was like, why are you drunk at the temple? Because yeah. it can become an obsession when you want Wanting a child so deeply. And desiring that baby and to be a mama. Every holiday, every Mother's Day. This is not a show that's going to promise you a certain outcome. But this is a show that says, however God answers your cry, we know that He's enough. Hey, I'm Ann. And I'm Kendra, and you're listening to Hannah's Heart on American Family Radio. We're so glad to have you on the show. This is a show for couples who struggle with infertility or miscarriage, or maybe you're in the middle of adoption. Mm-hmm. Um, you're trying to pray through how God's going to build your family, right. and Ann and I have been there in the thick of it, right. in the storm. Um, both of our journeys is that we've struggled with infertil- infertility and um, are currently walking in the abundant goodness of the Lord of having um uh, Anne has a little baby. That's I have right. one on the way any day <laughs> any now. Any day We're now. Waiting. At the time of this recording, right, she has right. not yet arrived. But I had a scripture I wanted to share with us before we start the broadcast. It's Psalm um, 31, 19. And it says, How abundant are the good things that you have stored up for those who fear you, that you bestow in the sight of all on those who take refuge in you. Mm-hmm. And I know for some of you listening, you're like, yeah. You've yeah. got your blessing <laughs> right. in the oven. and has hers say. at home. <laughs> Easy for you guys to say. But um, I remember the thickness of the storm and the journey. And mm-hmm. I promise his abundant goodness um, doesn't change from no. day to day. No. He's always He is always good to those who fear him and And wait on him. His goodness looks different to each person, you know. And so I feel like, I mean, just you reading that Mm -hmm. obviously should make us think about like, yeah, what does God's goodness look like to me, Mm. you know. And his goodness looks different at different times, Mm -hmm. you know. So I I love that, Kendra. Thank you for sharing that. And we have some guests that are going to come on today, a guest that's coming today. And I love hearing people's testimonies because there's just these touches in every individual story of people that we have on where we get to see God's goodness in yeah. all the various forms, you different know, stages you, of their yes. life. Right. Right. Okay. So this guest, I've never met her personally, Kendra, mm-hmm. but I feel like we could be like best friends with BFFs. her. Yes. <laughs> so she, we actually started talking about two years ago. We talked on the phone for the first time through actually one of our employees that we have here that I work with, Sunny. Um, she is the one that gave me Katie's number. So Katie has struggled with infertility, done the foster care mm-hmm. process, been involved in adoption, mm-hmm. and now has two biological babies and so she's kind of like hitting the ball on everything that we actually (laughs) talk about in this show just about so katie are you on with us today i am hi thanks for having me yes i'm honored to finally have you on i think i shared the idea of hannah's heart with you when we first talked is that am i remembering right yes i remember you telling me the idea and we talked about this yeah i think two years ago before 
before it happened. That's and look what it is now. I know. I know. It's so crazy. And you've had some big life changes since the first time that we <laughs> talked. So um, I'm super excited to hear about that. Do you mind just telling us a little bit? You're actually a Tupelo native, but you're in Florida now with your hubby. So do you mind telling us a little bit about him and how y'all got there? Sure. So I met my husband in high school at Tupelo High School, um, and we actually didn't date at that time. We just knew each other. There was a two-year difference. Um, And then we actually reconnected a couple years later, and I lived in Birmingham at the time. He lived in um, Jackson, Mississippi, and we started dating. We got engaged. He moved to Birmingham. We got married. Then he got a great opportunity in Florida, so we moved to Jacksonville, Florida, quickly after getting married. So we've been down here since then. So that was 2018. Okay, okay. So y'all been down there for a little while now, huh? Yeah, we have. We really like it down here. Well, good. Well, good. Well, it makes me want to come down there to see y'all. It's a perfect time right now. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But, okay, so tell us, so y'all get married, and what was y'all's plan? What did marriage look like and kids look like to y'all at the time? So I've always wanted to be a mom. I felt like it was put on my heart as a young kid that like being a stay-at-home mom was going to be my life. Like Mm -hmm. that, I wanted to just make my life my children. And so we didn't really think we would have any issues. I don't know. It's just something that never (laughs) fully crossed my, it doesn't really cross your mind until it Right. Like, I don't know. It just, it wasn't something that we had planned for or expected. So we tried, started trying probably four or five months after getting married. Um, And it didn't, you know, I didn't think that there was a problem until probably six or seven months of trying and nothing happening. And we were both seemingly healthy. So that's kind of where it started. Okay. Okay. So after that amount of time did you when did you start figure like medical advice did you go to the doctor then or what did that look like yes I was seeing my OB the whole time and she ran some tests and everything came back normal and so she referred us to um, a fertility specialist in town so we started going to fertility specialist and we did all of the tests I mean every test that could possibly run and we got the diagnosis of unexplained infertility which I hate that word <laughs> no, it's such a blow because you're like there has to be something wrong we're doing everything right um, so at that point I mean they basically told us you can do IVF we did a couple of rounds of um Clomid and Samara and nothing happened. I didn't even get any follicle growth from that. So it's like nothing was working for us. Oh, wow. So what's going on in your heart and mind with your conversations with the Lord when uh, when you hear this diagnosis? Oh, it's just unexplainable. You just feel like you've been, I don't know. It's such a hard thing because you know God is good, but you don't feel mm. good. You mm, don't feel yeah. that. in the. That's moment. a great way to put that. Like, you know, in your logical mind that God is good, but you're like, why are you doing this to me? This You, you set me up to be a mom, you mm-hmm. know? And so I, I battled with that so hard because he put this insane desire in my heart to be a mom. And I wanted, you know, tons of kids. And I just, that was going to be my entire life. And it felt like it was just so far out of reach. And mm-hmm. I could not figure out what the reason for it was. I mean, the doctors couldn't figure it out. Nobody could. 
Well, and there's so much um, of a woman's identity that we're we are built to to bring babies right. into this, this is world. What you do. Right? It says it in the Bible. Yes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That that plays a part too of just like why is my body broken? Why is it mm-hmm. not doing what it's supposed to do? I mean, the doctors say it's great, but why is it seemingly broken? Mm-hmm. Um, that was a really hard thing for me to battle with because um, my husband's test came back perfect, and really for yeah. men, there's only one. So I knew it was me somehow. Right. Right. Um, but just didn't know what it was, you know, we couldn't find answers. Yeah, I feel like that's a hard place to be. That My husband's test all came back better than normal, and that's exactly how the nurse said. And I was like, well, good, good job, you know. And of Give course, him an award. <laughs> <laughs> of course, you don't want anything to be wrong, but at the same time, I was like, so it's all me, you know. And so that's something yeah, hard exactly. to grasp, you know, to wrap your mind around, too. Like, well, my husband's wanting kids, too, you know, so... What if he wouldn't have married me? Like, this could be easier if he would have married someone else, you know. And, uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, all, all those guilty feelings that are just from the enemy, but they're all real. Yeah. Um, okay, so after that, what? how does um, foster care as a part of your story, how does that enter in? So around that time where we got the diagnosis, I just thought, what does God want? me because it's obviously not what I want right now. Like it's got to be something different because everything's lined up and it's not happening. So it's not in his plan for me right now. So I started praying and my husband started praying, like, what do you want us to do? Um, And I just kept feeling a push toward foster care, which Mm. was never in my mind previously. So I felt like it was absolutely from God. I kept seeing like commercials. I would see signs. (laughs) I would see, it was just like foster care was in my face all of a sudden. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and I was That's like, kind of okay, how God works it. sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I get the message. Thank you. So um, my husband wasn't as on. I was like, okay, let's do it. My husband wasn't as on board right away. Um, and so he prayed about it for maybe a couple days and then came to me and was like, you're right. This is what God wants us to do. Let's do it. Mm. So I love how God to, brings so, couples into unity over time. Like he never yeah. is going to tell one person one thing and That's the other right. another. Like right. it might, maybe right. initially it feels like that, but eventually um, yeah. if you're yeah, in communication with him. Yes. We wanted to be on the same page about it. And my husband was like, look, I'm not against it at all, but I just want God to tell me too. Mm-hmm. Um, and he did. It only took a couple days. Right. <laughs> so. And I will say for um, any listeners that could be tossing that as an idea and you're, maybe your husband isn't on board or your wife isn't on board, I would definitely not recommend rushing that. Yeah, don't push someone else. No, don't. Put, I've talked to a few couples that mm-hmm. that did happen. That was part of their stories. And some of those couples aren't together anymore. Mm-hmm. And so because that's such a big undertaking, Katie, I know you can we're about to hear oh, yeah. what a big undertaking oh, yeah. um, your story has and to not be on the same page and to be but to be going through such mentally and spiritually and physically exhausting it's a marathon yes. fostering yes. And, and you need to have your partner committed fully to committed. the same goal right right I'm sorry Katie go ahead no you're okay you're so right you absolutely have to be a team because foster care can go so many different directions and you have to be on the same page and support each other because it is, it's pretty, pretty intense. Yes. (laughs) yes. So, um, then we go to classes. I think it was about June of 2018. Yes. No, 2019. We go to classes, um, and we're done with our classes and we're just waiting on our paperwork to go through. And at this time we're done with, um, with, um, fertility treatment. We haven't done any of it. 
Um, we're just focusing on what God wants us to do. We're not preventing, but we're not trying um, and just trying to take our focus off of it and take a little break. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we get pregnant. Wow. Naturally. <laughs> out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we, we throw this big celebration. We're mm-hmm. like, oh, goodness, like God just wanted us to foster as well. And like we mm-hmm. get to do all of it. This is so great. Yeah. Um, and I go to my first ultrasound, which was six weeks. And I don't find any sign of the baby in my uterus, like no sign at all, no sign that there's been implantation, nothing, but my levels are rising the way that they should. Wow. So it's kind of a, it's kind of confusing. So we're told you either had a miscarriage or you're having an ectopic pregnancy. So we go home and we pray and we pray and we pray and they tell us to come back the next day and we're just praying for a miracle that somehow they're wrong. Mm. Um, And so we go in that Friday. yeah, I think I was right at seven weeks at that point. And they did an ultrasound and they found the baby in my left tube. Oh, man. Oh, friend. Um, growing at the right rate and everything. Um, every, I mean, they said seemingly healthy baby, wrong spot. Oh, um, my goodness. So I had to immediately go into emergency surgery. It was about a two-hour surgery and just the, like, emotional recovery on top of the physical recovery on top of, I just, I don't know. It was, it was a lot because I thought this was our miracle. Like what Mm. happened? Like what, you know? So again, those feelings didn't quite go away. They actually intensified during that Mm -hmm. season, but we just tried to lean into God as much as possible because we just felt like he was steering us in the right direction, even though things were still (laughs) seemingly horribly wrong. So, um, so after that, I take we take about a month to recover. And Katie, um, let me just pause you right there for just a moment for our listeners that don't know what an ectopic um, pregnancy oh, is. Yeah. Um, because I know that's been in the news a lot here lately mm-hmm. with even Roe v. Wade being overturned mm-hmm. and people having confusion about what that is. Could you clarify what that is? Yeah, so it's um, basically um, a pregnancy that has um, been developing in your fallopian tubes or someone else somewhere else besides your womb Um, and it's not sustainable for either the the baby or the mama it can end up causing internal bleeding for mom and that yes it's very different from abortion when when you have to unfortunately um you know have um a procedure to 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 fix that because it's it's not a choice (laughs) um at that point and uh, a lot of people get confused about that but the baby cannot continue to grow well, I battled with it in the doctor's office for an hour, and they told me if you don't decide to do it, two doctors can override you and we'll do it anyway because mm. it, it'll save your life. You're already rupturing. Right. Oh, wow. So it's, it's never viable um, in any case, unfortunately, um, because there's just no room for the baby to grow. Your tube will rupture, and you will, like like Ann said, have internal bleeding. Um, so it's, it's almost always an emergency when mm. they find an ectopic pregnancy, unfortunately. Um, but yes, it is very different than an abortion. It does not even qualify as, as the same. Now, in, in your talks with God, had you already just rejoiced and given him thanks for this pregnancy? I mean, mm. yes, yeah. we we had like this huge celebration. I mean, we prayed together as a family. I can't even mm. count how many times just thanking him, thanking him, thanking him. Just, oh, this is a miracle we've been praying for for, you know, two years. And this is just amazing. And I. Yeah, I mean, we we thought this was it, absolutely. Mm. 
So how did you reconcile this great loss and your walk with the Lord? Honestly, I just prayed for his peace over and over and over. And sometimes I'm going to be honest, I didn't feel it right away. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just like kept telling myself, he's good. Mm. He's good. This this is not good, but he is good. There's yeah. got to be some good that comes from this because he is not bad. Mm. Um, he didn't do this to me. You know, I had to just tell myself that over and over and over. He didn't take this from me. This is not him. You know, he takes bad things and makes them good. He is going to take good from this. I just told myself that over, almost like affirmations, just over and over and over and over and over. Um, and my husband and I just prayed together over that constantly. Just, you are going to do good things. We believe you're going to do good things with this. Mm, um, amen. Yeah. Really the best way. And then honestly, after that, the foster care push got even like, like get licensed, get, you know, get it mm-hmm, going, get mm-hmm, it going. Mm-hmm. And we had already done our classes. So we got called. Um, what was it? A, a month later, after my surgery, um, and told that we were licensed. And a week after that, we had our follow-up appointment for my surgery. And the doctor told me that the only way we would ever get pregnant is IVF. And she can't promise me that it wouldn't be another tubal pregnancy, which mm. is an ectopic pregnancy. Because once you have them, you're more likely to have them again. And mm. basically just crushed all hope that we had. Mm. Um so we are sobbing in the stairwell and the caseworker texts me and says, I have a 10 month old baby girl or nine month old baby girl. Do you want her? While you're oh sobbing in gosh. the stairway? While we're sobbing in the stairwell, oh it's just, there is no hope for you ever having children. So, um, mm. uh, unless you do IVF and even then they gave me like a, they gave me a less than 1% chance for a natural pregnancy and like a 30% chance for an IVF pregnancy. Mm. Um, so either way, it was just really not good. And so um, they called me. They told me she would be coming at 9 p.m. that night. So Clay and I are just immediately snap out of it. We're running. We're going to <laughs> your, die while the baby. Your emotions. Like, I cannot imagine <laughs> that. <laughs> roller coaster. Oh, my word. <laughs> now go get ready for a nine-month-old baby to come tonight. <laughs> yes, that we don't know, that we've never met before. You know, we've never had a baby before. And so we just, we prayed about it and prayed about it and prayed about it and felt like this was right so we did mm. say yes and then we went and grabbed all the things that she needed and we sat at our house pacing the floors and she finally showed up we had no no caseworker was calling us letting us know where she was or anything so we kind of thought maybe she wasn't coming and then at 9 30 at night we get a knock on our back door and they hand her to us and that's, that's where we first met her our mm. daughter Oh, my goodness. Yes, that eventually became your daughter. Well, Scripture says that God places the lonely in families. And I just think about that moment of the the ache of your heart and the need for that little baby meeting Mm -hmm. in this, like, only the kingdom of God could put it together moment in that stairwell. Like, the the presence of God was all over that timing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was we were walking to our car and he caught us right in the stairwell with mm. that phone call. It's just, it is, it's a God. Mm. Um, and so when we saw her, she had red hair and blue eyes and we always, my husband has reddish hair and a red beard. My mm. grandmother has red hair. So we always said we would have a red haired, blue eyed baby. <laughs> she has the biggest blue eyes, the reddest hair and looks just like my husband. And She's it's so cute. We're like, and we're like, no, this is foster care. This is not what it's for. This is not what we came into it for. But that's just really weird. <laughs> so 
<laughs> we move along, and within a week, um, the caseworker comes to visit, and the guardian ad litem comes to visit, and they both separately ask us, would you be interested in adopting her? It's going towards adoption, and there are no family members um, that are available. Oh, my word. And that we, never happens. We, For those of you that have not <laughs> yeah, <laughs> are not used to the foster care system, this is unheard of. Yes, it does not happen that way. Um and this was our first foster experience. So we're like, what is going on? Um, and so we obviously say yes. Like, oh, a million times yes. We're already in love with her. Absolutely. Um, no visits were happening with family. It was pretty much, it seemed like it was just going to go straight to um, TPR, which is termination of parental rights. And adoption happens after that. So we kind of felt like it was just going to be a straight shot. Um, and we were wrong about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, about... Five months in, the caseworker and her supervisor call me um, out of nowhere and said, she was with a foster mom before you, and we have to send her back, and we'll come get her at 9 a.m. tomorrow morning. Oh, it feels like your heart's being ripped out of your chest again. Again, another loss. And, And this time, she, like, you know, everybody had been talking to us this entire five months saying we are, like, the adoptive family. Um, so it was just very confusing. Um, and then we got more information and realized that this is not, um, necessarily a safe place for her. Mm. So we got an attorney, um, the guardian ad litem also was like, yeah, I think you should, you should fight for her just for her safety, you know, as she belongs with you guys. And it was very traumatic when she was taken from us. Um, she, I don't know if I can say it cause it, I get emotional, but, um, it was very, very traumatic for her and for us. And so we go to court um, because the biolog- her biological dad um, saw pictures of us with her and said he wanted us to raise her. And oh, so wow. he gave us his parental consent in court. Wow. Which never wow. <laughs> so wow. that's called an intervention. Um, and so basically it gives us the right to intervene on her, her well-being. Um, which otherwise we would have had no right to help her. So it was just a miracle, an absolute miracle. So many hints Um, at the goodness of God being abundantly. Like anybody who knows the system knows these are miracle moments. Yes, it was miracle on miracle the entire time. Um, The agency was fighting against us, um, which you almost never win against an agency for the most part Mm -hmm. because they more or less have custody of the child. Right. So it was really, really taxing. So we go to court, and at the end of an eight-hour court, eight hours, the judge says, I want to send her back to the Crumkey family the next day. Wow. Um, So she came back to live with um, you the next day. That was about a month. Sorry? She came back to live with you the next day. Is that right? Yes, she came back to live with us the next day, and she had been gone from us for a month. Oh, wow. Goodness. And we hadn't seen her that entire time. They wouldn't allow us visits or anything. Um, And they told us, you know, it's nothing you did. Y'all are the best foster parents we've ever had. It's just we made a mistake as an agency by not giving her back the first time, and we need to right our wrong as Mm -hmm. an agency was their wording. Mm -hmm. Which, you know, if you are familiar with foster care, this doesn't really shock you. No. Um, but unfortunately, that's just sometimes how it goes. So she came home to live with us. And then we found out not long after that the biological mother had done the same thing, given her right to this other person. 
and she fought for her in court and brought us back to court for an intervention to try to get her back like a yo-yo. Oh, my word. Her back again. So that was a six-hour court. And at the end, the judge was like, I've made my decision on where I want her to be. I don't want to see you again until adoption day. Congratulations to the Crumkeys. We're done with this. Um, Praise the Lord. Yes, it was such a blessing, such a blessing. And when she came home to us, she just went right back into her routine. She Mm. seemed like protected. And my dad prayed the entire, like this was his specific prayer, which I didn't know until the end that he just would just be with her in that new house um, Mm. because she hadn't been there in eight months. So she didn't, I mean, if you know anything about child development, she didn't remember that place. So Mm -hmm. it was traumatic for her in a lot of different ways. And he just prayed that Jesus would comfort her and be with her and Mm. um, protect her from all of the trauma that it could cause her. And she really is doing really well. Amen. Well, Katie, I hate to fast track the rest of your story, but this is not the end. So can you tell us the rest of your family building? Yes. So then we adopted her that November. um, And then in February, we found out we were naturally pregnant with twin girls what is that not crazy (laughs) (laughs) oh my goodness and they're so cute your facebook pictures i mean i just love them all they're so cute (laughs) were you so scared though when you found out oh gosh yes well we first you know went to the doctors and they were telling us they were too small and we just thought no like god has this is a god thing thing. this is his blessing the god thing Yes, this is a blessing. Like, there's just no way this isn't going to be okay. And they are eight months old. Amen. When I think about God pouring his abundant blessings, like, he's he's double-timing giving you blessings. He is (laughs) a good, good God and so faithful to us. And sisters make the best of friends, and that's (laughs) what you got, huh? That's right. I pray that we would be able to give her siblings in some way adoption or you know biological and i'm just so happy that we were able to give her that well katie thank you so much for sharing your story this has been wonderful and thank you guys for listening to hannah's heart keep trusting and leaning on the goodness of god